0: Hello, welcome to another edition of Your Favorite Football Podcast. I'm James, and alongside me today is Pat. And as promised, we're going to be delivering a pretty much a really heavy college football episode for you. Um, we're going to dive into the four um, ACC-SEC matchups that have finally been giving time slots for opening weekend in college football. And we're also going to be talking about some news and also rule improvements Um also, so I'm really excited to get into that. But first, let's start right off the top um, with the four time uh, games that we learned, I believe, today. Um, they finally put times, uh, start times on these four games. Um, my computer will cooperate. Um, but first, uh, two of the games are on. Actually, three of the games are, will be on ABC. And the Monday night matchup on September 6th will be on ESPN. Um, but to start out of the gates, we're going to have the Alabama Crimson Tide taking on the Miami Hurricanes at 3.30 on ABC, um, and the, uh, Chick-fil-A kickoff game, um, so we'll start at that game, Pat, you know, that game is, uh, well, quite frankly, I'm nervous for that game, um, I'm not too fond of that matchup to open week one.
1: Well, I don't blame you, and the reason that, uh, I don't blame you is USC was in the same boat you were, right? We had to play Alabama week one back in 2019. And we got obliterated. I mean, it wasn't even fair at that point. Uh, I think I turned it off maybe middle of the third quarter. I, I, I just couldn't watch anymore. So the one thing that Miami has going for them is you're bringing back Derek King. Um, I think he could improve a little bit more this year and become, you know, one of the top quarterbacks in the nation. But as far as Alabama goes, they've lost a lot of people. I mean, you could potentially, if if this Miami team is for real, like it it probably could be, you could very well give Alabama a run for its money in this first game.
0: Yeah, week one is the the only time that I would say that, um, just because we already know who Miami's quarterback is. All signs are pointing that he will be playing week one, that we all know the injury that occurred in the cheese bowl last year, um, but all signs are pointing he will be playing week one, and Miami is returning some playmakers that were critical for us last year. Um, obviously, the uh, the unknowns are the linebacker core and the deep, uh, the up front. Obviously, we lost Quincy Roche, Gregory Rosu, Jalen Phillips, but we also are returning Severa and um, a couple other key pieces. And honestly, you know, it's just a lot of unknown on the defensive side of the ball. But
1: yeah, but Alabama has a lot of unknown as well.
0: Right, but the thing with Alabama is their unknowns are usually pretty good. Um, well, they never really have a slump. Um, that's fair. And that's why Alabama is the Alabama juggernaut that we are used to, because they don't, they don't, um, they don't have the rebuild. They have a reload. Um, True. so, but
1: they do have a new quarterback with Bryce young this year,
0: Uh, uh that don't, that don't matter. I mean, look at the last 10 years.
1: Well, no, I'm, I know. I'm just, I'm bringing it up for, you know, the purpose of going forward. They have a new quarterback with Bryce young. Um, uh, I'm very salty. I'm very sad and angry, but I'll put my broken, broken heart on hold for right now. Uh, the guy is good. He's very good. He did really well in the spring game, uh, but again, they're gonna, they're gonna be without a lot of key players. I mean, Najee Harris, Jale Waddle, Devontae Smith. Uh, it, it's not gonna be easy, especially in the first game to find a rhythm like you had last year. I mean, it's not going to be easy. So I I think it'll take them a while. I mean, you could potentially win maybe, but it's going to take them a while to kind of like find their stride.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I don't think this is going to be the, I don't think the blowout game that we are, 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 are all expecting. Um, but time will tell. Um, so, Moving forward to the second game on ABC, it's a 7.30 kickoff, Georgia versus Clemson. Now, I understand why that's the night game. Um, mm-hmm. Both teams have been relevant, I mean, playoff contenders recently. Um, obviously, this is going to be Clemson's game, first game without Trevor Lawrence. Um, well, they had a game with them, without him them last year, but they lost. Um they did. And, and, and honestly, this could be the game that you, you start out 0-1 if you're Clemson for the first time in forever. I mean, the, Georgia still has JT Daniels, who turned out to be really good last year. and If he can carry that over to 2021, I mean, that's a team that could win the SEC and be a playoff contender if that is how JT Daniels is going to play.
1: That's very true. JT Daniels definitely shined last year at Georgia. Uh, he was a previous quarterback at USC, got hurt. Uh, Keaton Slovis won the job, so JT decided to transfer, and it's done him really well. Uh, I I don't doubt that JT is definitely going to improve as time goes on. Uh, And you're right, this is a potential win for Georgia against Clemson, who just lost uh, Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne, uh, both of which, I mean, again, it's hard to replace people like that. It just is, Um, especially in the first game. So again, this could be another one to where Georgia definitely goes in, and I don't say a blowout, but definitely probably wins.
0: Yeah, I definitely think that's a winnable game for Georgia, and you know, and, and, you know, it kind of makes you wonder how did Slovis beat out J.T. Daniels if he goes out and beats Clemson and then turns out to have a really good get, get, year this year? It will make you wonder how did Slovis actually beat out J.T. Daniels, and even more questions beyond brought on the Clay Heldon. Um, we already had that rant from you, uh, I believe, a couple episodes ago. But
1: Dude, I don't even know. I'm, I'm done with it. I don't know.
0: But, but that is a valid question, though, isn't it? it? If JT Daniels is, comes out, I mean, even after last year, you know.
1: It's a very valid question. I've been asking myself that ever since JT Daniels said he was going to enter the transfer portal. It made me sad because I knew that JT Daniels was a good quarterback, and he could have potentially been better. And Slovis, uh, there was a lot of hype surrounding him because he started in a couple games to where JT got hurt and he did do good. I mean, for backup, you know, he, he looked pretty good. And I understand why people would kind of be like, oh, well, we don't need JT, but that's not the case. You do need JT, but I, I don't know, but you're right. That's another question for Clay Helton, but.
0: He's a nice guy. Well, he might be a nice guy, but he isn't winning games. Uh, Moving on to game number three, Notre Dame versus Florida State. Um, That might be a blowout. Um, Obviously, Mike Norvell is trying to right the ship um, from Florida State that Willie Taggart kind of put him in. Um, And obviously, they got help at the quarterback position with Mackenzie Hilton coming in, but I just don't know if that's enough. I just – I did think Florida State's in a complete rebuild of the organization, mm-hmm. of the uh, program, and Notre Dame is still a contender. And that could be a game where you're looking at halftime and it's a three- to four-possession ball game right off the bat.
1: Very well could be. It depends on uh, Notre Dame's quarterback um, because Ian Book did leave for the draft. Um, I agree with you, though. I definitely agree. Notre Dame could definitely win this game fairly easily, honestly, because, like you said, Florida State's in a bit of a a rebuild moment. At least they, they have to be, right? So you, you kind of expect for them to be mid-tier this year and hopefully on the uprising for that um, university's sake. But, uh, yeah, I definitely see Notre Dame winning that first
0: one and then the fourth game which will be on monday night um i don't know really the honestly why anyone would care about this game um unless you're a fan of the teams but louisville versus old miss um both teams have been irrelevant for quite some time now louisville hadn't really been relevant since lamar jackson um and old miss since they got hit with those sanctions, um, just hadn't rebounded. So, again, I guess it's football and people are going to watch it, but at the same time, it's not like a barn burner, which you'll get, you know, Saturday for most of the, for definitely the mid afternoon to evening games.
1: Oh, um, right. It's not, it's definitely not a barn burner, like you said, but it's football. It'll be back. It'll be the first weekend of football. So, I, I'll probably watch.
0: Right, I think a lot of people will be in the same boat. Um, yeah,
1: because once you don't have it for a while, you're like, literally anything will do, and this yeah. is literally, literally anything. But um, correct me if I'm wrong, Lane Kenny did go to Ole Miss, right, Lane, Lane Kiffin?
0: Yeah, he's uh, he's in Ole Miss, yeah.
1: Okay, okay. I couldn't remember if that, if that was true or not, but...
0: Yeah, I mean... He, he, he... He could turn the, or, the program around, but he, I mean, there's still some work to be done there. Um, he's not going to be an SEC contender within the next couple of years, but um, no. it's going to be interesting to see what how that transpires on the field. But it's just exciting to know that, hey, we're that much closer to football because we're getting week one start times.
1: That's true. It's getting closer and closer. And uh, I don't know about you, man, but... This already sucks not having football to watch.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it's... But that's the price we pay. I mean, we get it for quite some time now. Um, I don't know. It's just... I'm ready for it to be back, but it's only, it's only right around the corner if you really think about it. Sure. Um, but moving on, um, we kind of hinted at the Pac-12 earlier. Um, obviously, you, uh, with the, the rant and um, the already the discussion with JT Daniels, but they uh, decided to uh, pass a rule today, Pat, that affects the Pac-12. They become the third Power 5 school, um, actually Power 5 conference, to um, make it to where if you transfer within the conference, you become eligible immediately. Um, I believe they joined the SEC and the Big 12. Um, so I have a feeling we're going to get the Big 10 and the SEC to follow suit. Um yeah. Look, I mean, it's just one step closer to that free agency style transfer. I mean, that's what it is. It's a free agency style way of allowing people the opportunities to go somewhere else to think if they think they can get a better situation. Um And it's just going to be—it's it's new college football as we know it. That we just right. have to accept that fact.
1: Yeah, I—I I th- I like the rule change. Honestly, I, I think. Players shouldn't be punished for, you know, wanting to test the waters and show people like, hey, I'm I'm really good. You know, just just watch me over here. I wasn't being used properly. Now, the only problem I see is and they might have a loophole with this or they may um, they might have a way around it is the fact of if they transfer to one school, play for a year, are not happy, and then transfer again, and then do it again. And i I, that's the one thing I kind of fear.
2: Let's see. I think...
0: Let me see. I think it's kind of where you have to... You get one free pass. I don't think you get unlimited transfers because... And then... Right, that's what right. I was thinking. Because but- okay. it's kind of like the NCAA rule that passed, you know. So, and that's what people, people might get confused. I mean, if, so the NCAA has their guideline to where if you transfer, you get one free pass. But
2: right.
0: that's if you transfer out of the conference. Um, right. So each conference handles a different, but obviously that's the third um, conference to take this rule, ready if you want, free, want freebie in a sense. Um, but, yeah, you're not going to have unlimited transfers from here to here to here. Um, that's right. just not going to fly. Um, yep. Look, I like the rules. I think it gives more power to the player, um, at least when it comes to that option. Um, right. But one thing it does is it makes the player decide wisely. It can't be a tape Martell to where you go from here to here and the back's fired. Um, I hate to point them out, but that's just the reality of it. Um it makes you realize, makes you sit down and say, is this transfer, is this going to be better for me academically? And am I going to go in the field if that's what I'm looking for? And if it's a no and a no, then you really have to think hard. Um, right. So it, it'll be interesting. And Obviously, there's going to have to be some kinks worked out. But I think it's a good rule and one that, if they do it right, could be really beneficial to college football.
1: It could, it could definitely. It could give a lot of other people opportunities that they may otherwise not have. Um, whether it be them not being used properly, or they just feel like they don't like the way the coaching is, and they feel they want to go somewhere else where it's run better. Um, there's a lot of different opportunities out there, and this makes it a lot easier for a player to actually, you know, actually have fun and showcase what they're able to do. So I I absolutely like it. Now, one rule change uh here recently was they approved changes to the overtime rules. Um they approved the change to overtime rule for twenty twenty one football season. Teams will be required to run a two point conversion play after a touchdown when a game reaches a second overtime period. Previously it was a two-point attempt after the third overtime. Um, I I like it. I like it because mainly it makes it that much more interesting. I should say because usually when you go into like overtime in college football, it ends up. You know, going to the two-point conversion try to where teams usually hit or miss, and in my opinion, I think that's the way it should have been. Was after the first one, you know, go to the second one. Now you have to do a two-point. So I like this one. Yeah, and
0: I don't know. I when it comes to overtime, I'm kind of I don't know. There's really going to be no perfect way, right? Um, no,
1: but this will shorten the time of it, though.
0: Yeah, but for me, I don't mind the time of it. Um, well, I just want to make sure the better team wins. And quite frankly, I'm, I'm not, uh, I know some people are a fan of it. I'm not particularly a fan of when it hits overtime, you get the ball at the 25. It's not football at that point, but then right. at the flip side, when the way the NFL does it is it's football, but for a quarter and if it ends and I'm not a fan either of that. Um, no.
1: I like college football's way of doing it better, but it's still not perfect.
0: I wish they would go from the 25 to the 50.
1: Yeah.
0: To where you had to at least put a drive together. I,
2: right.
0: 25, okay, well, this, this, and this, kick a field goal and see what happens. I wish you'd had to earn the field goal. I mean, it has to be right. earned. Like, at this right. point, a field goal isn't earned. It's just, okay, well, after three downs, you get to kick it. Um Right. But, you know,
1: I I agree that way the better team does win.
0: Yeah, because there's some, I mean, now on the flip side, look at the college football way of doing it now. I mean, you do have two to three to four overtime games and those are exciting and all. But sometimes, I mean, I just wish I mean, how much more exciting would it be if you put in a 50 and you actually earn it like a football game? That's the way I want it. I mean, right. I I mean, everyone has a different way of looking at that. But um, I guess no way is perfect. Um, but yeah, I, there's a couple of things I would want change in college football, but they're like little things like that.
1: Sure. Definitely.
0: But sticking with the Pac 12, um, you were mentioning earlier there are some rumors, um, of hopes of expanding the Pac 12, um, within the next few years. So, um, Pat, I'll let you bring in that story and kind of explain since you are the Pac 12 guy, um, and we'll go from there.
1: Yeah, so there's been some rumors as of recent, um, from May 13th is the earliest I've seen it. Uh, There was rumors of a Pac-12 expansion school. Uh, They're thinking about adding two more teams, not just one, just uh, two more. Um, I'm going to give you the the top three teams that they have listed as a potential Pac-12 team. Um, and then I'll give you my thoughts and then you can chime in and give your thoughts on it. Uh, starting at number three, San Diego State. Now, they've gotten a little bit better over the years, but I, I still don't. I'm iffy here with the fact of them adding two more schools to the Pac 12, regardless of who it is. I'm iffy on that. Um, there's, there's such a thing as bloated conferences, and I feel as though that could potentially happen for the Pac-12, and I don't want it to. Um, but sticking with this, San Diego State, they've gotten good over the past couple of years. Um, I, I feel like if they entered the Pac-12, they would get a little bit better in recruiting for that reason. Um, however, I, I don't think that I don't think it makes sense financial wise. They don't bring a lot of money in.
2: They were 4 and 4 last year.
1: Right. So, they, I mean, they'd fit in well with Colorado. Well, Colorado was pretty good last year. They'd fit in well with Stanford and UCLA. So, I mean, I I I don't I hope not. I hope that San Diego State does not get in there.
0: So, again, this is when you, when you talk about expanding to a conference, especially as um, of one of the Power Five, you know, you have to look at it from a lot of different stuff, um, you would think, right? I'm not an expert in that, but you would right. have to look well, at, are they going to bring more attention to the product? Are they going to bring more fans? Are they going to bring more revenue? And most ultimately, what, is, what are they going to bring to the field of competition? Are they going to be competitive? Can San Diego State be competitive? Well, yeah, they can go and be competitive with the likes of Oregon State and, you know, Colorado, Arizona, you know. Let's be real. The Pac-12 hasn't been, you know, very strong with the, like the last, you know, five seasons. Um, it's been one, two, maybe a third team, but everyone else has been kind of on another level. Um True. When it comes to the San Diego State, no. I, I mean, I see, but no. The only one, that, the team that you got me intrigued with is BYU. But the thing with BYU is they're independent. So you would have to, I mean, they're kind of like Notre Dame. You know, you have to, can, can, they're allowed to make their own schedule. They they're They keep all the revenue. Um so I don't right. know if they'd be really on board for that. Um I kinda like the way the, the money is. Right. But on that on when you're talking about the money way of things, I kinda like what Bleach Report has. Um they have an article about this topic and they mention a couple teams like Oklahoma, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, and Fresno State. Now BYU was on that list too, I'm pretty sure, but um we already talked about them. Now if you want to make an impact in revenue eyes Product and all that; those are the four you you kind of look at. Um, that kind of spot. I mean, you
1: definitely target Oklahoma and Oklahoma State for sure. I mean, right. for sure. But
2: the problem
0: with that is, I mean, the you would have to entice them to come to your conference, um, and right. the, and the, and the, here's the thing with that is, you're Oklahoma, you lose a rivalry with Texas. Unless you do that as you're out of conference, which you could. But also, if, I'm, just, I'm imagining if you want to switch a conference, you want to go to a conference that will get you more opportunities to be in the playoffs. Um, And you're in the Big 12. The Big 12 and Pac-12 are kind of similar when it comes to their depth with the teams. Um, well,
1: the thing is, Big 12 doesn't have a championship. Yeah, they do. Do they?
0: Yeah, they, they have one. Yes. Oh, what? Oh. They, they, I think it was, either, it was either the year after or two years after the Baylor TCU debacle. Oh,
1: that's right. That's right. I remember that. Okay. My bad. My bad. So, yeah, like you'd have to entice them. You'd have to definitely show them the money. And right now, I, I think Oklahoma would laugh in their face because the Pac-12 just isn't like a high-demand conference right now. To where, you know, if the SEC went to Oklahoma and was like, hey, here's some money, we would like to have you. Now, I'm not saying the SEC is going to do that. I don't think he will. But it, it would be something like that to where they wouldn't just join the Pac-12 for the sake of, yeah, okay, we'll go. You're going to have to do a lot in order to get them to join the Pac-12, which I, I kind of argue and say that, I don't think it's ever going to happen that Oklahoma joins the Pac 12. Um, these are all rumors too. None of this is confirmed. Right. Uh, um, I just don't see Oklahoma or Oklahoma State joining the Pac 12, but I could potentially see, like you said, BYU. Now they are independent, like you said. Uh, it's going to take quite a bit for them to possibly join. So I, I, I don't, I don't know. That one's up in the air.
0: So, I'm with you, BYU and even Fresno State. The problem with the Pac-12, and they're never going to go and get the Big 12 schools. The big here's the reality of it. Um, Yeah, Pac-12. A lot of their games are on at 10 o'clock, 10:30, 11. Um, So they're one of unless you're on the West Coast you don't get a lot of eyes on your games. And you know why? Because people are tired. They're going to bed. They've been watching football all day, and, you know, everyone gets tired. Um, So, you know, if you going back to the rumor, like, say, Oklahoma, well, it would be kind of stupid for them to go join the Pac-12 because not only are you going to a conference that is not as – which is equal to yours, um, and honestly, I think the Big 12 has more prestige at the moment um, because you look at Oklahoma, Texas, and so forth, and they've been in the Iowa playoffs State. recently. And then, then you have to look at the factor of well, yeah, our home games might be th- eight o'clock, but our away games are all going to be ten thirty, and how is that going to affect our viewership at home? And then how is that going to be our viewership with other recruits? Um, and that thing—that's a big deal. I mean, especially recruiting. Well. I mean, you have to, you have to imagine, I mean, you're trying to go recruit some of these guys, and unless you're a spectacular program, when you say, yeah, I mean, when it comes to, well, how can my family watch my games? Oh, we'll be televised at 11 o'clock at night. Well, grandma's not going to be able to stay up till 11 o'clock at night. So. Right. I don't know. I think the Pac-12, I think that's always worked against their advantage. I mean, when USC had that 3.30 kick, or even the noon kick, I mean, yeah, it sucks. It's butt crack of dawn in Pacific time. But I think that's the avenue they're going to have to start going down to is the noon 3.30 alley more so than the 10.30 because that's when you get the most viewers, and that's going to help recruiting, I believe, when it comes to some of these teams. Like, I think it hurts USC too. I mean, going to your team, I think it hurts USC, Oregon, so forth. I I wonder what the impact would be if if they went more towards that route for a five-year span.
1: Yeah, I I would be interested to see that change for sure. I I definitely agree with you. It does probably impact recruiting. Um, Now, USC's recruiting could be impacted a couple different ways other than that, but I won't go there. But, yeah, as far as having an Oklahoma team in there or even Oklahoma State, it it, it just – it doesn't seem – like the right fit for them. Now, the Pac- I'm sure the Pac-12 would love it. I mean, that's you know you got Oklahoma. That's great. They're, they're a big school, but like you said, you know those 10:30, 11 o'clock p.m. games going into 1:30, 2 o'clock in the morning. You're not going to want that. I mean, nobody's going to want that. I don't want that. It sucks. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, if they were going to get a school to join. You'd have to get someone that could be a potential good team in the future because of the fact of, well, they're in the Pac-12 now. They can get a little bit more, you know, a little bit better in recruiting because of the fact. Like, uh, I don't know. Fresno State, like you said. I mean, that one, Boise State maybe. Boise State might be.
2: That might be a good fit. I think that would benefit. So I'm trying to find ratings for TV. Um, so. So which one was the noon game? The USC Arizona State games. Yeah.
0: So that game was um, the conference's fifth highest-rated game of the year, but that was also during the election. Um, they're saying if the election, if it wouldn't have fallen right when the election was going on, that they could have drawn. This was off of um, Mercury News um, that they probably would have drawn three more villi- million viewers, so that would impact it. Um, the second game was the, the noon window with Utah, Colorado. Um, the conference championship was the highest rated game for the Pac-12 with USC Oregon. That was an eight o'clock kickoff. Um, mm-hmm. so, I mean, you see a, so let's see, that was a five o'clock Pacific. I'm no, yeah. So that was, yeah. So the rating was a 2.2 with an audience of 3.8. USC-UCLA on ABC um, was 3.24. I wonder if these are times around um, Pacific or Eastern.
2: Uh, USC-UCLA
0: usually is a 10 o'clocker.
2: But besides the point, I mean,
0: you see the trend. I mean, the games that earlier seems to be drawing more. So, I mean, this the data's there. Um,
1: right. You gotta just look at the stats and just you have to be able to see that it, it is true. The later the game, the less people you're gonna have watching it.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, it's just because you're, especially in that noon window, because if your team's not playing at noon, and you're let's say you're a 3.30 game, odds are you're trying to find a game with interest to watch. And if you flip over and you see a USC versus whomever, you're likely to click on that game um, and then watch that game until the 3.30 game. Or if your game's at 7, same thing. So... I mean, but when your game's at 1030, no one's clicking the channels. They just watch the nightcap, and they're ready for bed. They've been watching since noon, so they've been watching 11 hours of football.
1: Right, they're done. I mean, they don't want it anymore.
0: Right. So, I mean, it's, I mean, I I I, even, I enjoyed those early games because I was able to watch USC and watch Miami and not bad an eye or lose sleep, but, you know, it's, they got to figure out something. I mean, like I said, it's a 9 a.m. kick for the people on the Pacific coast, but they practice in the morning anyway. Like, it ain't like they go wake up at 8 o'clock at night to go practice.
1: Right. They have to find a happy medium in order to get more viewers, and that's the only way you're going to be able to do it.
0: Yeah, I mean, you have to find a way. You have to, I don't know. It. I don't know. I, mean, I don't know if they're stuck in their ways or what, but they're going to have to figure out something. And yes, I think they will.
1: They are definitely stuck in their ways, and it has a tendency to actually make me upset. We just recently, the PAC 12, um, the PAC 12 just recently got a new commissioner. And um, I'm going to completely butcher it. I apologize. George. Klyavkov. Klyavkov. We're going to go with that. I'm sorry. Um, he is the new commissioner. Um, I, you know, I don't know much about him. I don't think a lot of people have a problem with it, per se. It's just not who they expected. Um, he said... His top three priorities are we will protect and support our student athletes. Second, we will make decisions to optimize revenue for our member institutions, including renegotiating our media description or distribution, rather, deals. And third, we will do everything we can at the conference level to make our teams more competitive in revenue-generating sports, especially football. That one kind of piqued my interest. I'm not going to lie. Now hope now he, he has nothing to do with USC per se, but he oversees everything, and he could make a statement like, "Hey, um, your team, it ain't bringing any revenue because nobody's watching and nobody's attending. It's kind of bad. You need you need to do something because no money's being brought in. So hopefully that means good things are coming, but um." He doesn't start until July 1st. Um, he already has an idea of an expansion. I'm going to read a little bit from, you, from 24-7 Sports. Um, he says, and I quote, I don't have a preferred format until I do the work necessary to understand the options. I am ahead of this particular opportunity because of what's going on with the NCAA. Um, And then looking to expand the college football playoff. And things are being considered even as early as June announcements. So I don't start until July 1st. So I was very clear with the presidents and chancellors that I want to make sure our position that CFP, college football playoff, should be expanded was clear even before my first day on the job. Now, I agree with him. It should be expanded. I mean, you, me and you have talked about this before. It should be expanded. Uh, there's a debate whether it should be six or eight teams. I argue that it should be eight, mainly because six just doesn't really make sense. Um, I I would definitely like an expansion on the college football playoff because that just means you get a team, like last year's case, you get Texas A&M, who did come close to beating Alabama. They were close this all year. You get a team in there like that who missed the playoffs, and, you know, they could potentially beat, now I understand they were a two-loss team, but they could potentially be the team that could have beaten Alabama. I mean, they came the closest. So, I agree with the expansion.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm all on board with the expansion, especially since the four is getting so repetitive. And like we always say, it's no fault to the four teams. That's what their job is. But Oh, yeah. As a fan and the viewer of the product, I mean it just gets repetitive and you lose its luster a little bit. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I go back and forth with six and eight. I, I love the idea of six because it gives your top two a bye week. Um, you have to yeah. make these two spots valuable. And if this is if it's a group of eight, the only value get you get is well, you get an idea of where you're going to play. You think you get to choose. And then two, it's, you get a lesser opponent, but if they're in the playoffs, how much lesser are they? Um, in theory, well, shouldn't be that much, but we've seen in the playoffs now that, um, double digit deficits are normally in play. Um, but that's why I like right. the idea of six is mine. Like, get, make those two value, those two spots valuable and go from there. I mean, it's, I'm gonna I look agree. Up
1: the f- So, let me ask you this. Where where do the teams play if they are at one and two and three and four? Where do they play? Is it a neutral site?
0: No. So it, well, it's a neutral site, but it's like the bowl game. So you go um, one had the Rose Bowl and the other one had the Sugar Bowl. And then. Okay.
1: So what you could do if you had an 18 playoff is make one and two home field.
0: They'll never do that.
1: Well. I'm just don't saying never do that. I mean, that's what you could do, but I understand that they won't. But I'm just trying to think of ways that maybe.
0: I, I guess for me, too, is when you look at the eight schools, I would like more teams because it adds a variety. But I'm hoping it limits blowouts, which we're already getting blowouts anyway in these games. So, like, right. When I go back and forth, I look at the top eight from last year. This is the final playoff rankings. I'll give you the matchups based on the final college football playoff rankings last year, okay? And you tell me, blowout or good game? Alabama, Cincinnati.
2: Blowout. Clemson, Florida. Mm, I'll, I'll go blowout. Ohio State, Oklahoma. Potentially a good game.
0: We can argue good game, but it depends on if, Ohio, if the Ohio State that showed up against Clemson or Alabama shows up, depending. That's
1: right? very true. That's
0: but true. I'll go good game. I agree. And then Notre Dame, Texas A&M.
1: Again, it depends which Texas A&M team we get. It, if it's the one that played Alabama, good game. Real good game. Um...
0: They lost one game. I'm, I'm going blowout. Notre Dame in big moments stink. And Texas A&M ain't right. straight in the SEC. Yeah, you
1: got point. Notre Dame in big games is atrocious. So, yeah, I'll agree with that. But, uh, blowout.
0: So, out of all the games, I we had... So, out of the four playoff games, we had one good game. Opening round. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that doesn't excite me. That doesn't, it doesn't excite me at all.
1: I, I, Not really. I mean... It's not going to always be like that though. I mean, there's going to be times to where there's going to be teams that are a little bit better than those teams. Right. Cincinnati being that high is, is rare for them. Good for them, but
0: rare. Right. Um, but, but the thing with Cincinnati is we can't ne- neglect this uh, part of the conversation is people were saying, well, why they get overlooked? They did. Why are they eighth in this rankings? They should be higher. This is disrespectful. Well, I, I get that you won your conference, but at some point, do they deserve an opportunity if they win the games on their schedule? Y- yes, I'm not denying that, but also yeah. when you look at the committee's eyes, I mean, you look at Texas A&M; they won eight straight in the SEC. You're playing yeah. in the American. Like, I'm sorry, you're winning your games, which is great. That's what you're supposed to be doing. And eventually, right. you have to get a shot, which is why I want them to expand to the six, because they would have been the non-power five. Right. But at the same point, you're going to get, unless we get surprised, which happened, like UCF versus Auburn.
2: Yeah.
0: it's. True. I mean, Alabama versus Cincinnati, I'm sorry. Ohio State beats you every time you play them by four or five touchdowns, and Alabama beat them by four or five touchdowns. I mean, at some point we can't forget history. When it comes to well, Cincinnati, they always play well. But when they go to Ohio State, they get annihilated every year. I don't know. Sure. I, I don't know. I agree there should be more teams, but I don't. I just have a feeling eight's too much. I don't know.
1: It potentially could be too much. Um, I do like the fact of what you said with the six games or six teams rather not games sixteen with the um. The, the first round buy potentially for one and two, I agree with that. I like that idea um that's probably the route they're gonna end up doing. That's the only one that I could honestly see them doing uh I don't think it'll take effect until at least twenty twenty four maybe twenty five depending
0: so hold on, I can look that up really quick um
2: So
1: I and think, and which bowl games are they gonna use as the
0: so as the, you're looking at probably twenty twenty four before this can even be considered because the t v contract does it until then right, right
1: I could see it happening then
0: yeah i i I can't I just wonder
1: which I just wonder which bowl games they're gonna use as the uh The
0: first round buy then. So first round buy your bowl games would be you could use Sugar, Fiesta and Rose.
1: Yeah.
0: And then then the following could be Cotton and Peach. Cotton and Peach and then Orange. So hold on, so there's three. So you'll need so if you get a six round two buys I guess you'd almost have to go to eight because I'm trying to think of the
2: to play.
0: You almost have to go... I think you almost have to go to eight, just logistics on the bracket. I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm trying to do it without paper, but... Right. Well, no. No, you wouldn't, because you if you slip them in three, they would play, and the winner plays that team, and then they would play right. when I plays that. So um so then yeah peach and um cotton for the second round and then obviously the national um right i mean but one thing that the playoffs has done and i don't think it's any argument here all the other bowl games are meaningless oh I, yeah i personally i still get excited for bowl season because of the, it's football but it's not like it used to be i'd be lying if i said it, I, I was excited for bowl games now like i used to be 10 years ago
1: I agree. Uh, that's why a part of me misses the BCS just for the sake of you can't argue who's number one and number two. I mean, sometimes you get that problem, but there, I don't know. A part of me misses the BCS because of the fact of, you know, you made it to a bowl game. You know, you're excited, man. This is a fun time. Now it's just like, well, we didn't make it to the big one. Who cares?
0: Yeah, and and I think with the BCS too, the end of the year mattered to where you were going into the following year. This year, it's not so much. It's really because the AP poll don't mean jack crap. It's right. Playoff committee says so really the your bowl game win doesn't really mean nothing when it comes to the the rankings. Um, right. And I I've been saying that I've been telling you this for a couple of years now. I don't. I mean i everyone was so anti BCS system they wanted to move from it. Well. What's really changed? I mean, honest, I mean, if what,
1: anything, you've created controversy with it.
0: I mean I mean, yeah, I mean I think this year maybe Ohio State would have got it. I mean they Ohio State wouldn't have been in because of the BCS system, but this was an odd year because of COVID anyway. So you right. really can't use that for that argument. But yeah, I mean the BCS system, I mean there hasn't been much difference, I'm sure. No. Um Mm-mm. And there's still really,
1: controversy.
0: No, I mean, there's, yeah, I mean, to a point. But, I mean, now, I mean, everyone's like, well, you don't have the drama of the four. Well, yeah, but the drama more lies of how is the committee seeing this team as this and this, not this? And, um, you know, what, what are the committee thinking? And they have no rhyme or reason. The committee has no rhyme or reason for their rankings. It's It doesn't go correlate week to week and makes no sense. And to me, the committee has lost so much credibility when it comes to that. Um, sure. Well, you were tenth this week and you won, but we're still going to drop you four spots. Give me a break. If you win, you how do you drop four spots? I know. I don't. Give me a break. Uh, Give me a break. It's.
1: I don't have any explanation for that. Log, that think I'm not going to say logic because it's not logical at all. But um. Yeah, I agree with you 100. percent They've definitely lost credibility after. Some bonehead mistakes. Um, They need to find a happy medium in expanding the playoff. Now, whether it means six teams or eight teams, I don't know. I could see either or. I personally probably prefer six over the eight. Because then you run into the potential three-loss team that could go to the national championship. And you're just like... Yeah, but you lost three
0: games. So, I'm um, so the three losser from this year, my computer will cooperate with me, which it will not. Oh, <laughs> uh, so the, so yeah, actually, if they would go from the final eight from this year, you would have a four-loss team in Florida.
1: Oh my goodness! Yeah, see, no, 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 you can't. You can't, man, that's going to be tough. You can't be real tough.
0: And, and, you know, even to a degree, I mean, it's, I mean, I don't know. You can't have a four loss team in the playoffs. I don't care how hard your schedule is. You lost four games. I'm sorry. Like, it's just, you lose four games. And at that point you make the games, games meaningless. Um, Right. And everyone, the argument with the eight is probably, I mean, there's probably a side that says, well, if you get eight, then you can get two non-power five schools in. Really? So let me look at the final rankings from this year. Um there's only one power five, non-power five in the top ten. And two in the top fifteen. So you're not Great. gonna get, in that, you're not gonna get two in the top ten. I'm sorry. There, it's just never gonna happen. And okay. And in and you in with the and the way that the six you're gonna have all the power five conference champions with the the highest rated non power five. And that's the way it should be, I think. And and I agree. And the problem with that is too, Pat, is what if the the highest rated non power five is fifteenth? If your school's seven through fourteen, you're kinda of PO'd at that point, aren't you?
1: I would be, yeah. I definitely would be. There's, it's going to be a lot of trial and error. I feel.
0: You New, know my advice is, and I mean this, and I don't care. And people probably disagree with me, but um, the non-power five schools make your schedule harder. You're non-conference. You can't. I mean, you got to play. You have to go find these Alabama's. You have to find the the big power, the big boys, because unless you have those wins on your resume, you're not going to be looked at seriously. I'm sorry. And then I right. know this year you can't. I mean, when it comes to Cincinnati, you can't discredit them. You can't put that against them. I should say because they didn't have that opportunity with all the COVID restrictions. But I mean, right. get that opportunity, opportunity Cincinnati to go to Ohio State and play them and you let them score 50 on you, then what? You can't come back and say, well, well, we won all of our games in the conference. True. And that's not just Cincinnati. That's all the non-Power 5. Oh, yeah. Um, but I, it's some, almost, what's that?
1: It's almost to the point where the non-Power 5 needs to have their own title because they're never going to see an opportunity. Right. And that's... That's the sad reality. I mean, it sucks to be Cincinnati and where they were this year. I mean, they were nine and zero, and they unfortunately for them didn't get to go in the playoffs. Um, so, I, I think having a non-power five, not even not even a playoff, just like have their own little championship thing. I think that would do them, you know, I think it would do them good. It would get them a little bit more recognition.
0: I agree. I mean, it's just I also now, it's hard it's too not because it mean prog- as much. Huh?
1: It's not going to mean as much as the, you know, the college football playoff national championship, of course, but I mean it it still could be a reputable thing to
0: do. Right. And, you know, and when it comes to, like, the Cincinnati's of the world, if it's possible, they should try to go to another conference. Um, yeah. To do a big conference. Yeah. Because, look, even, okay, and let's say, the way the four is, I'm going to talk in the pre- present, a non-power five team will never get in. Because True. if no. they truly consider strength of schedule to come into play, you're telling me that a Cincinnati schedule is tougher than, like, a USC schedule, Ohio State schedule. It's not. It's not. Right. So, True. yeah, you're, winning, you, you're undefeated. That's impressive because that's hard to do no matter where you're at. Oh, but sure. when your non-conference schedule is, you know, a bunch of UN, University of Lafayette, Monroe's or, you know, whoever – I don't know. Yeah. It, it's not a perfect system. Nothing's going to be perfect, right? But No,
1: you're never going to please everybody. That's the sad reality. But you can improve upon it. Now, like you said, that improvement could mean going to a different conference. I foresee Cincinnati going to the Big Ten. I mean, it's, it's almost a perfect fit, right? They're in the same conference with Ohio State. That could be like a cross town rivalry or whatever. Um, they're getting to the point of where Cincinnati, ever since, I'd say, I'm going to go a couple years, ever since like two years ago, Cincinnati, you know, you've seen them in the top 25 and that could be good for a big 10 team or for the big 10 conference as opposed to Rutgers, which is still just asinine. I don't understand that one at all.
0: I will say, speaking of Cincinnati, let me read you this. If they want to be legit contenders, and they want to have a gripe going into this playoff selection, they have two games. One of them, really, they need to win. And if they don't win, then I don't want to hear from them. When it comes November, and it's time to pick the four. None. I don't want to hear nothing from them. All right. So... And the reason I'm using Cincinnati because they are typically pretty good, and outside yep. of I mean the non-power five, it's Cincinnati, Boise State. Can we? Yep. I mean, we agree with that, right? And UCF, the three. Yeah. UCF had a down year, but they got Gus on. Things could get yep. turned around pretty quick. And BYU, and BYU. And B, well. They're independent, so that's a different ball game.
1: Yeah, but they're not powerful. Yeah. Okay. I
0: mean, Notre Dame's not power five either, and I mean that's eh. that's why. Them. that's true but Cincinnati goes on the road to Notre Dame on October 2nd if and they have Indiana September 18th at Indiana you win those two ball games and you go undefeated now we have a discussion
1: yeah oh definitely we'll definitely have a discussion with that one because those are two big games I mean those could potentially be the two that get you in the playoffs now I'm going to go and take a look real quick. This turned into the Cincinnati Bearcats time. I want to go and look real quick at their uh, 2021 football schedule.
0: Honestly, um, dude. Well, I don't think they Even lost. UCF, man. You got two big games, man. You better go out there and win. You better go beat Boise State on the road. I mean, on a new on, in Florida. And you yeah. better go beat Louisville on the road. And you better beat Cincinnati on the road. Mm, I don't know.
1: I don't know about that one. Now, they play... Okay. I mean, I could potentially see them going undefeated again. Um,
0: Who's Cincy? Yeah. They're not beating they, Notre Dame. I'm sorry. They're not they going...
1: Very well, they very they're well not could. beat. They very well could. Notre Dame always has that one game to where they absolutely fall apart.
0: You no know why? I don't think they're beating them there. Mm. It's it's middle of the year. I think if it was earlier in the year, I think I think they'll beat Indiana. I, I really do. But mid of the year, they'll have all their kinks. Hopefully, you know the, the quarterback, whoever they have, is going to have experience. it's not like week one or two, man. Let's. You know, let me, and it's well, on the road, South Bend.
1: Now, well, I get that. I get that. But, what? you know, if you, the get, coach. if you get Cincinnati riled up enough, man, they're wanting to prove a case that they belong. And if they beat Indiana, I honestly see them beating Notre Dame with that much hype.
0: Oh, give me a break. You can't say if they go beat Indiana, then say if they can possibly go beat Notre Dame like that. Nah, they dude. You is not in the same boat as Notre Dame. They had one good year.
1: Well, that one good year is enough to get them talked about.
0: Oh, help us!
1: Did one about good in the year Bay become
0: relevancy? That's why I want to know.
1: Look at UCF.
0: We're and now look, got made fun of last year.
1: We're still talking about them.
0: Because of Gus on, if Gus Malzahn didn't accept that job, then UCF would not be talked about as much. Ah, that's
1: not true. Because it is 2017, true. Well, the 2017 national championship.
0: Thing what have they done since then? What have they done since? No. Okay.
1: Well, I'm just saying. Ever since then, they've been talked about. With the 2017 national championship, there was a little bit of you know a break of talking about them, and then what national
2: championship?
0: They're
1: I'm
0: sorry, and I'm a self-proclaimed millionaire, but that didn't change my life, did it?
1: Well, that's self-proclaimed
0: a, don't mean crap.
1: Well, that's for them to decide.
0: You won the national th- championship that year,
1: 2017.
0: Uh, uh, it was Bama. Oh yeah, go tell. Yeah, how about you? 2017 UCF go to Tuscaloosa and play that 2017 team, and they you wanted tell to. Oh yeah, they wanted to. And guess what? They'd be begging for mercy at halftime. They wanted the mercy rule.
1: Good
0: point. That's what I'm saying, man. Look, that UCF story was awesome.
1: It was. It was a Cinderella awesome. story.
0: Great Cinderella story. Should have got a chance.
1: True.
0: Should have got a chance. They should
1: have.
0: Yeah. But for them to self-proclaim and well, then try to – Yeah,
1: that was stupid.
0: Self-proclaim put it on the stadium and claim they were the national champions, I'm sorry, but if Alabama and that team would have stepped on the field – that game will be over at halftime. Oh yeah.
1: Definitely. Definitely.
0: And but honestly, I can't root for UCF because of that national championship proclaim. I just can't.
1: Well I I mean that's ancient history, you know. I mean that was twenty seventeen. It's going in 2021-2022 no, season. You're Times right. have changed.
0: You're right. I can root for him now because it's a new coach. I love Gus Malzahn. Right. Uh,
1: Times has changed. So, so yeah, the same I
0: take that back. I can now officially root for the UCF Knights.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: So, I don't know. Maybe the fact that they gave Jacksonville Blake Bortles and he had, well, I should be a yeah. priest to do that too. They took us to an AFC championship. So, all is forgiven. I take it back.
1: There you go. He made amends.
0: Yeah, we made and, amends here on the going, air.
1: Going back, going back to Cincinnati and Indiana, I could see them beating Indiana, and then I could potentially see them beating Notre Dame. It'll be hard, sure, but if you're out to prove that you're legit, then get out there and play. Be legit. Beat Indiana at Indiana. Beat Notre Dame. Now, they're both away games. That does hurt them, but I agree with you. I see them beating Indiana more than Notre Dame, but I do potentially see them beating Notre Dame.
0: Now, I'm glad you brought that up, and th- there's, this thought just came to mind. But you know what else has hurt? The playoff is kind of hurt in a way. Hmm. It's hurt the, the the non-power five. And obviously, it's obvious, right? Because they ain't getting a chance to be a national championship, but they weren't getting that in the BCS either. Well, sure. But you look at the the, the games that these schools are going for now. You know, you look like you know the games that are being announced for 2030. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of non-Power 5 teams you get denounced. It's Power 5 versus Power 5. Yeah. And that trend's only going to keep going because you have to put that strip to schedule, and the non-conference games actually matter when it comes to the scheduling and the committee size. So We all
1: know that's crap.
0: Right. But they have to, you know. Oh,
1: they have to say it, sure. But we know it's crap just based off of the Ohio State team from one year. Who got in after they didn't even make the Big Ten championship, but they still got in.
0: Um. Yeah. Well, that wasn't year that they blew out Wisconsin fifty nine nothing and.
1: No, that wasn't. A, that wasn't the year, but they they did lose that year. Yeah. So. To Clemson.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it is what it is. I mean, I. I hope a Power 5 team, when they, it goes to six, I hope one is represented. But the talk of maybe more should be... Yeah, it's a great story, and it'd be a Cinderella, like, you know, David versus Goliath story, but I'm sorry. I just don't know. I might be, in the you know, in the minority here, but Alabama versus Coastal Carolina doesn't strike my fancy. I, it just doesn't. Um Or yeah. even... You know the number three, like so. Ohio State would have been the third team this year against Coastal Carolina. I mean, come on, like right. Coastal so, Carolina,
1: that was that was a heck of a story. You know, kudos to you. But
0: they um, lost to Liberty, 37-34 in overtime.
1: Yeah, exactly. That would have been so, a nightmare in the playoffs. That would have been a nightmare.
0: Now, Liberty, you mean li- people sleep on Liberty? That that football program's pretty good.
1: They're rising, dude. They're yeah, they are. They're surprising me. Liberty is uh, Don't be surprised if Liberty here in the next five to – well, I'll, I'll, I'm going to go five to seven years. Don't be surprised if Liberty makes a case like Cincinnati's making.
0: Oh, yeah, and I think it's going to be sooner than that. I think it could be within the next three years. Um,
1: it could be. Let me look at their scale. I'm curious.
2: Let's see.
1: So twenty twenty one Liberty Flames, that's their um that's their uh <laughs> their name, Liberty Flames. I never knew that. So all the times are to be determined, obviously. We don't know times yet, but they play Campbell, which I I mean okay. They play at Troy. Um they play against Old Dominion here's where things kind of get interesting. They play at Syracuse um, and then at UAB. And UAB recently got their football team back a couple years ago. Um, That was a fun story, too. You should look that up if you get bored at all. Um, But yeah, at UAB and then at home against Middle Tennessee and at UL Monroe and then at North Texas. Now, With Liberty being as good as they've gotten, I mean, those are all potential wins. And then after North Texas, you have at home against UMass, which that's probably a win. And then at Ole Miss, that is the one that I am really, really looking forward to watching is at Ole Miss. Can they go in there and make a statement against Lane Kiffin's Ole Miss team?
2: uh I don't
0: think that's enough, though, Pat. I mean, a good win for the program because you just beat an SEC school. But when it comes to the overall, like, maybe if they get an argument for the big picture when it comes to the playoffs, Ole Miss, I mean, they have to prove themselves in the SEC. I mean, they haven't been a pretty good program the last couple of years. Oh, yeah, I
1: agree. I'm not saying they're going to make a statement this year. I'm just saying I'm excited to watch that game. It's going to be a oh, absolutely.
0: good one. Um,
1: they really, could I potentially mean, be only a one-loss team this year.
0: The only other game that makes you wonder is the Army game, just because Army is that way. With, I mean, it's the way they run the, their team. I mean, they're still a triple-option football team that's very hard to stop. right. Um,
1: you would think after all the years of them doing that that people would catch on and be like, "Well, that's all we got to do to stop it." Well, but it's hard. It's very hard.
0: It's because of the way they do it. I mean, you know, the wing, the wing tee, the triple option, is when done correctly yes. and when done with discipline—that's the key. And with their the players that they acquire, because being with the um, army, uh, with army, that they're physical, man. Um, they
1: are. They are. They do it very well. But
0: but the downside of that is if you look at their scores, they're not scoring 35-40 points a game, so it's hard for them to get in a shootout with a team. So, Right.
1: Well, Liberty was a one-loss team last year, too. Yes. Their only loss was to North Carolina State. Other than that, I mean, they've had some close games, sure, but they beat Syracuse at Syracuse. They beat Virginia Tech at Virginia Tech, and like you said before, they did beat Coastal Carolina in the um, FBC Mortgage Cure Bowl in overtime, thirty-seven to thirty-four. Um, yeah, I see another one-loss year for them, and that's going to be good in the long run, considering you know they're they're starting to gain popularity, and I think. Between Liberty and Cincinnati and UCF, all these, you know, top five, non-Power Five schools, they're making a case for like, hey, give us a shot here. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say Coastal Carolina is one of them because that's just not true. They had one good year and kudos. I mean, you did good. Um, But for teams that are on the uprising and staying in the uprising and not falling like liberty and cincinnati and ucf they're making a strong case to the ncaa like look if you just give us a chance to get in there we're gonna play to the best of our ability we're good obviously so with the 16 playoff potentially eight but i'm leaning more so towards six for the 16 playoff you could potentially see a liberty team or a cincinnati team in there and I yeah. think it'd be good for college football.
0: No, I think it'd be good too. And that's and that's the thing, like I think that's why the sixth might be the happy spot. Um mm-hmm. now obviously eight people are gonna watch it because it's playoff football, but right. and, it, and like the the big negative that we talked about is a four loss team getting in the playoffs. I mean it's just it shouldn't happen. I'm sorry. You have to win your games. Every game should matter. If you are a four loss team, that just shows me, yeah, if the four losses are good, good teams, but that's all you care about. Then does the loss even matter? Right. Uh, and that's something that has to happen in college football. They have to mean something. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
0: You know, and that's what makes it so special. Now, the bright side of the playoff is a one loss doesn't end your season like the BCS era.
1: Um, That's true. That's true.
0: But like I said, it's not going to be perfect, but it's definitely some things they can improve on. Um, we are out of time for this episode, Pat. But one thing I would like to start doing um, is uh, as we get inch closer and closer to the college football season and start breaking down conferences, what do we think the storylines are? Who's, who who we think is going to go? you know, win the conference, you might show up in the conference championships and so forth. Um, we have a lot of Tuesdays between you and me huh, That's uh, true. in order to dive in that. So I'm sure that'll be coming up on the horizon here shortly. But that'll do it for this episode of Your Favorite Football Podcast. I'm James and that is Pat. And we'll see you here, right here on Thursday for another edition of Your Favorite Football Podcast.